I've said a lot. We, like, we want to kick your ass. I mean, that's how we're looking at it. Like, come prepare. We got some really good opponents. On you know, we got Toronto and Arizona both right in the mix. Um, we want to win. We want to play well. You know, we're going to prepare to do that the best we can, and and hopefully we can continue to play good baseball and. We'll look up at the end and see where see how it all shakes out. But I mean, we want to go out and win. If that means spoiling, then then so be it. Now, for the record, uh, <clears throat> Aaron Boone was talking about wanting to kick Kevin Barker's ass. Yeah, good luck. Not mine. Good luck. It's Blair and Barker, the pregame show edition for a Tuesday. The Jays opening a three-game <laughs> series tonight. <laughs> What? And uh, Yankee Stadium against Aaron Boone and the frisky New York Yankees. Well, they are frisky. They are a frisky They're group. They're fired up. They are fired up. They haven't finished under 500 in like 30 seasons. This could be the first one. So if you're Booney, you got a little reason to might be chapped about some things. Dude's not performing and staying on the field. And, uh. Get to the wild card standings. Oh, right to it. Let's get right to it. The uh, Toronto Blue Jays had last night off. They are still holding down the second wild card spot, 83-67. and 67. They're a game up on the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers. Kevin Barker's New York Yankees are six back. Barker's Yankees are six games. They're done. Um, as we mentioned, they start a, a three-game series tonight uh, against the Toronto Blue Jays in the Bronx. The Red Sox. Oh, the Red Sox did the Jays a solid yesterday. Beat the Texas Rangers 4-2. My Baltimore Orioles also, also doing the Jays a bit of a solid. The 8-7 win over Houston. Uh, the Oakland Athletics, unfortunately, well, they're the Athletics. They lost 5-0 to Seattle. So it wasn't a completely uh, positive night for the Blue Jays, but at this point of the year... When you don't play and you're gaining or other teams are losing ground, that's good. Jeff, could you read out the uh, the lineup for the Toronto Blue Jays? Must I? I think you need to. <laughs> you're going to make me do work. <laughs> All right. Blue Jays lineup. I mean, I'm not ready for this. So I've not seen the lineup yet. So there may be some sort of something odd in this lineup. I'm going to apologize in in advance if that's the case. Um, I can't find the Blue Jays lineup, Kevin. Mm. You, why don't you read it out? That's, that's it. not. There's. I don't know what it is either. I, I know it's. <laughs> I know who the first three guys are, and I know Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Guerrero's DHing, Kevin Biggio's cleaning up for I think the fourth or fifth time this year. Davis Schneider is at second. Dalton Varsho's in left. Matthew Chapman is at third base. Alejandro Kirk's behind the plate. Kevin Kiermeyer's in center field. And the man on the mound is Yusei Kikuchi against Clark Schmidt for the New York Yankees. Okay, you've clearly got something to say no, about no, the lineup. Have at it. Have I, at well, it. It's just, it's, it's amazing with 12 games left in the season. I mean, Kevin Bishio, I love him. Like, I've been talking about him all year, the things he brings. He's a 26 guy, like, yada, yada, yada. If I would have told you that with 12 games left in the season, Kevin Bishio would be hitting cleanup for the Blue Jays, 
How would you think the season would be going? I would have said to you that, my goodness, his OBP must have gone up since the All-Star break, which, in fact, it did. Uh, his OBP before the All-Star break was 265. Post-All-Star break, it's 411. That 146-point increase is currently the largest in franchise history. John Olrud, uh, in 1995, bumped his up by 118 points. Eddie, in 2015, remember how Eddie's second half was so good, mm. bounced his up by 107, and Benny Santiago in 1997 bounced his up by 106. I mean, why not? They've had worse cleanup hitters this year. Matt Chapman. So, I mean. Dalton Varsha. Dalton Varsha. Why not? Uh, now, I'm, if you would. No, to, to borrow your line, though, truth be told, to borrow your line, if on opening day you had said, Jeff, the Jays would be fighting for a playoff spot, no. If you had said, Jeff, the Jays will have Kevin Biggio hitting cleanup on September 19th, my response would be, who was fired, Ross or John? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, again, fi- finally we're starting to see a better Vladdy. If you're Booney who's chapped and trying to kick everybody's butt Just when, yours, push, not when mine. push comes to shove, do you think they're going to pitch to Vladdy because of who's hitting cleanup? I, that's the point, right, is finally he's got a little better direction. Not saying he's going to get three hits or hit three homers. So you're not ripping Schneider that. for his lineup. Well no, done. not saying that. You could rip Ross. For 12 games left in the season, Kevin Biggio is protecting Vladdy. That's the point. Who would you have in there? And there is nobody else. Like you, The stats you read from Biggio is why they're doing it. <laughs> That's the point, right? And David right. Schneider is one for 20 hitting cleanup. And they don't got anybody else. And Matt Chapman can't drive in a run it's other than the walk-off. That's the point, right? It's I, look, you don't want to get George too, Springer's birthday today, by the way. Happy yeah, happy thirty fifth. Thirty five or thirty four. One of them too. Happy birthday, well, George. Well, that's why he's got people with one hand talking to his bat. You get a little older. You know, I you saw have, that. You have, yeah, yeah, that was a little disturbing. No, I've had that before. You've talked uh, to somebody. Slept, that, yeah, we're, slept, we're talking about Danny I, I, Danny Jansen talking to Chuck, talking to George bat. Springer's I've bat. slept with my bats before trying to get called up. Absolutely. You, you roll slept your eyes. with your bats? Oh, no question. Why? I'd, I'd sleep with a whole rack of them. Absolutely. Because you know why? You know how much bigger the paycheck is from AAA to the big leagues? You struck me. You strike yeah, me. I'd do whatever it took well, to go to the show. That's absolutely a fact. You strike me as being way too cynical. To do something as dumb as sleep with <laughs> you your bats. It's, it's it's anything. You're, you're not you're not superstitious about the the whenever you're watching soccer and you you're trying to win that league. No, because I know no, Man United is going to choke. You're not wearing the same kind of shorts no. you wore when you were winning. No, no shorts. Well, you would never no, you would never tell anybody if you did it. No, I don't. I I don't have any superstitions. Are silly. They are. Oh yeah, they're for weak minded people. What are you? Someone is not superstitious. Huh. All right. I think when you when you get to this part of the season, sure as hell would you'll, never you'll sleep try. with a I would you'll never sleep anything. with an inanimate object like ah. a bat. That's because you've never tried to get a hit. It's hard. All the help you can get, buddy. Lead at this time of the year. This is when they normally call people up. Like, so what'd you do besides sleep with a bat? Did you talk to it as well? Absolutely. Did you cuddle I, I it? Would steal, Did you cuddle I with would the steal bat? the dude that was ten for tens bat too. Absolutely. Look over there and then run to the plate with it. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, no question. That's what you do as friends. How concerned should? How concerned would you be? Oh, 
How concerned would you be? Look, it's the, the New York Yankees. They've had a bad year. This is their final homestand of the year. Yeah. Uh, are the Jays walking into a hornet's nest here? I, probably. I mean, the, the, the Yankees are sort of like the Jays. They pitch really well and couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat offensively. What are they in September? They're hitting 207 with runners in scoring position. The Blue Jays are 11 for their last 49 in the last nine games. That's 224. They're basically the same kind of team, so absolutely. Like, this, this screams 3-2 to two in the eighth inning. Does and we talked about Aaron that. Aaron Judge the, the, having two solo clean, home runs. There you go. So the the clean games right, and they're really tough on lefties. They don't strike out no, against they lefties. They are right. A, they're good. They're slugging against lefties. Like <laughs> this is not going to be an easy thing. And you know, I, I don't want to. Again, I'm not trying to poke fun at Kevin Biggio or Davis Schneider, but all right, let's a, just a pretty big games yeah. on the road against a. a you know, not a team that's having a good year, but it still is the Yankees, right. and they're tough this time of the year. And, and let's just let's just let's just give the folks some numbers about the Yankees, just so you you have an idea. Because you're gonna look at the standings and go, Jeff, these guys stink. Well, they won three of their last four, six of their last eight. Since August 28th, they have the best record in the majors, 14 and six. Uh, since the All Star break. They lead the majors with 9.15 plate appearances per walk ratio and a 4.04 pitches per plate appearance. In other words, they try to grind you down. Yep. You got 242 walks since the All-Star break. That's the most in the AL. Um, Clark Schmidt, who's starting tonight, three run- earned runs, three runs or fewer in his 23 starts this season. Oh, and in case you need to be reminded of this, you probably shouldn't. But Aaron Judge is 32 career home runs against the Blue Jays, second most against any team. He's got 39 against the Orioles. You say Kikuchi said nine walks in nine his walks. last four starts? Yes. Gave up a couple of home runs yeah. in his last start. You know, it's fastball command. Looks like he might be overthrowing just a little bit. He's aiming, trying to make sure his misses are good. Ever since the Colorado start, you know, sometimes you get you go in that park, you change things. And – for whatever reason, the, just the quality of his stuff since then just has not been good, right? The finish on the slider hasn't been where he wants it to be, right? When you miss, you make sure you miss because it's breaking enough to have a good miss out of it. Yeah. And I got look, you don't want to make too much of a, of a big deal out of this because if the Blue Jays pitch well, they don't beat themselves, they'll have a good chance of winning this series. But to your point... I mean, Judge and Stanton are struggling offensively, but that don't mean they can't and, run into a couple and, well, of things, right? And, and uh, it, I mean, it doesn't. They're struggling, but it doesn't matter when it's Aaron Judge and the Jays. I guess that's a good. It point. just doesn't. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, he has some confidence coming in. Yeah, is your point? Um, and I don't know about the whole playing, playing spoiler. I don't, think the, I don't think the Yankees care. I think no. they're embarrassed. Here's That's the Yankees lineup, by the way. LeMahieu leading off, Judge hitting second, Glaber Torres in the third spot, Giancarlo Stanton cleaning up, Anthony Volpe at shortstop, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa in center field, Oswaldo Perez at third, Kyle Higashioka behind the plate, Oswaldo Cabrera in left field. Um, that is the uh, Yankees lineup. The Yankees are 76 and 74. The Jays are 83 and 67. So for the Yankees, I would you know, playing above 500 and not finishing in last. I mean, I'm not saying I think that's that. a big I'm, deal I, for them. 
I don't know if it's a big deal for him, but at this time of year where you're sort of trying to find things to get you over the line, I, I would I would think it's a big I would think it's a I would think it's a big deal. I would think it's a big deal for you think Aaron Cashman Boone. and Boone are joined at the hip. Like one goes, the other one goes. No, I mean, I never. Obviously, the GM is there for a while, but I never have. You think? You think so? No, I've never thought that. I I don't think Brian Cashman's joined at the hip with any manager. I mean, maybe Joe Torre was uh, was the guy he's joining the hip with. I I think Brian Cashman will be back. I don't know about Aaron Boone. Uh, I think a lot will depend on you know who's out there. Uh, Is Don Mattingly a candidate? Look, I've told you all along that one of the theories out there is that one of the reasons Don Mattingly agreed to join the Blue Jays is you get get an up-close look at the American League East. You get an up-close look at the inner workings of a team that if you were to become the Yankees manager is probably going to be one of the teams you're going to have to beat. I, I truly believe that. Now, if you're Brian Cashman and you do fire Aaron Boone, I've got my own feelings about Don Mattingly as a manager. Mm-hmm. I'm not certain that he's necessarily <laughs> the guy I would choose to manage that the savior. Team, but it's a safe choice if you're if you're Brian Cashman. It's, it's a safe Madden. choice. Yep. It's Don Mattingly. He's a name. Well, I don't know. It, it's you know I look at this. I look at this lineup, and and look, I'd be lying if I said that I I follow the Yankees every day. But I, I mean, it's almost like they. The Yankees made and, and Brian Cashman, they made a lot of bad decisions about players. They put way too much way too much faith in, in the very, wrong guys. It's not very athletic. They're not athletic. Which is odd. They have to a, say you that know about what else the too? They have a hard time keeping dudes healthy. They do, yeah. Which for a team that plays on grass, I mean not hardly anybody plays an artificial turf anymore, but they they do have a hard time keeping dudes healthy. And, and it's not just their big guys. They just, they have a hard time keeping guys you out. Think they have that's a hard the time organization's keeping fault or the players' fault. I tend to think I tend to think it's an organizational mm-hmm. downfall because I the way players are now, I don't think dudes show up in bad in 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 bad shape. I think dudes work out in the off season. I think organizations have processes. They have a process. Yeah. And, you know, we roll our eyes at the Blue Jays, but I am going to tell you this, and I'm going to knock on wood, even though I'm not superstitious, and even though that's not wood, and I just hurt my hand. uh, The Jays, at some point in the last two years, started to keep their dudes healthy. Yeah. And... You when, know, it come, when it comes to that, whatever guys that selling, I didn't think would ever be healthy, healthy. I never thought George Springer would play this many games, even moving to right field. I never thought he'd play this many games. Mm-hmm. I get, I get back to Vladdy. I always, I, I thought Vladdy was going to be a dude who was always. You're going to always have some concern about him. Yeah, I play nope. first base. It's easy sometimes to control what you're trying to do and how much you're trying to do in a, in a short period of time to, it's, it's to keep pretty yourself hard. on the field. It's pretty hard to play, quote-unquote, out of control at first base, isn't it? Yeah, bases are bigger. You're not going to you, – you're not have to get stepped on or, you know, some weird injury that way. So, yeah, I mean, if you're smart, you think it through before it actually happens. Right? Positioning on the field will help you, uh, you know, uh, to just try and get the bases quicker and, and make your throws easier. Like, there's ways uh, – uh, smart ways – to get you through seasons, and Vladdy's a very smart guy. He 
And on top of it, that process, right? Yeah. <laughs> the process has been working for whatever they're selling. Uh, we've got Blue Jays tickets to give away. We'll do it in the next hour. John Morosi joins us at 530. Shai Davidi is in the Bronx. He will join us at 6. Mark Topkin at 610. The Rays unveiled plans for their new stadium. Mm. We'll talk to Mark about that. We'll also look ahead to this weekend's series between the Rays and Toronto. And at 6.30, T.J. Burton, program manager, amateur baseball at the Toronto Blue Jays, joins us. The Canadian Futures Showcase will be at the Rogers Centre starting today until the 23rd. Uh, just about everybody who has gone on to the majors from Canada or has been drafted or gone on to play college in Canada in recent years has has been part of this tournament. It's hugely successful. Um and uh, we'll talk to T.J. Burton about cool that. Cool opportunity for players. That's a great opportunity. I ran it. I actually last night. You dropped me off. I was taking the. Uh, I was taking the the train home. Walked past a bunch of kids from the uh, who who were here. They were yep. going, they're going over for dinner. They said hi. They said by the way. They said to say hi to you. Oh, it's very nice. So I. I, well, I, just I wish them all luck. Went by. There might have. There must have been. There was like fifteen of them. I. I don't know if they're yeah. from a, the same team or whatever. But they yeah. were out and about. It's a nervous time of your career. Yeah, and just sort that. Those are times where you're sort of putting your abilities up against other players that are similar. To I got to tell and you, that's 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 not. By the, the way, you know, you got to have some gumption was, when you're doing there was, that. There was one dude, yeah, who was big. I don't know about size in baseball. Does that really matter? Like, I don't know. Man. But anyhow, it was nice. Uh, I'll tell you, very small judge is big. Like, it was nice. They were out. Uh, they that is pretty about. cool. So uh, cool that starts today. T.J. Burton will join us. And uh, we'll go to the back leg line later on, 416-413-3959. It's a busy show. It's a busy it's show. Tremendous. Mark Boffo, Mark, Boy, hit a in between today, doing Immaculate Grid in and, and, and in between him and, and Holland, uh, figuring out how they're going to make money on Champions League. Mm-hmm. Well done to Andrew Holland, by the way, today. Well done. Yeah. Ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> Dinner in Holland. Look at that. Dinner in Holland today. In between that? that, they put together a nice show. Yeah, yeah. He I, did. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah. And of course, do you have anything to do with this? Yeah, well, I was the spiritual guide as I always oh, am. Absolutely, uh, I am the the north star of this particular show. Boy, show. you've nailed that. I pretty much have. Yeah, oh, I? Wow. I pretty much have nailed Man. that. I nailed it uh, so much I just destroyed my earphone here. Uh, um, anyhow, so it's a big show, big, 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 is, big, big is. show. And hey, uh, hey, Kevin and myself are going to be doing Blue Jays talk. Hey, should I? Or should Kevin I, and me will be doing Blue Jays talk. Should later. I? Yes. Should I be looking ahead and thinking about what the Blue Jays need to go in the next 12 games? No, because that's or dumb. It's, or it's inning, it's pitch to pitch, inning to inning, win yeah. to win, day to day, it, move it, on to tomorrow. It doesn't matter. It depends on what everybody else does tonight. Uh, helps. Everybody loses, the Jays lose, no but problem. You could, but you could say they're in a playoff spot. So right now, if you go... Eight and four, nine and three, ten and two. You can almost assure yourself yeah, you're you going to make the playoffs. Six spot. you can still make it. That's tougher though. That's the point, right? I think they. I think they. Uh, I think they're done. Like I think they got a playoff spot. <laughs> I think the race is over. <laughs> Bold <laughs> prediction. Bring on the twins. I mean, boy, it's like you are some kind of front runner. Oh, I certainly. Yeah, boy, am. I tell you what, are the Orioles going to win the World Series? I mean, you might as well go ahead and say it. No, they won't win the World Series. They got a good team. You know where they they're at now? It's almost like when you're watching them. When I was watching them last night, That's I was Cedric thinking to myself, Mullen. it's only a matter of time That's, before somebody I throws was, a breaking ball and he runs into it. I was, I was, and then he ran into it like two pitches later. I watched part of the game last night, <laughs> yeah. and I was sitting there thinking, okay. It's true. I was thinking, yeah. how are they going to win this? Uh, it is. It's, it's they, got, they got that feel of 2015 with the Blue Jays where first time through, you had them. 
Yeah. You let them hang around long oh, enough, yes. they're going to beat you. That's sort of the Orioles. And I, I do have I to tell you. I just don't know why I'm not buying in, though. I just, for whatever reason, because of the pitching. But can I say this? I don't know how. This why is gone on. It's gone on for a long time now. I know. If they were going to collect, they've had and they've had stuff happen. They didn't have Cedric Mullins, right? Who yeah. was an important part of their uh, team. No didn't have Cedric Mullins. Their pitching hasn't been up to snuff. Tyler Wells, really good last night. that set them back. And and they don't have their closer. Their lights out closer, sir. But uh, I, I keep waiting for it. And and you know, and it's not like they've gone. They've gone wire to wire. They chased down Tampa. Yeah. And they've held on to they've held on to first place. Question will be are, are they a regular season team or a playoff team? That's the because right, you gotta have a little it's gotta be sort of the couple of different things, I right? Don't I, I think it's a lot I think it's a lot to expect them to go on a postseason run this year. Cause I do think I do think guys will get exposed. The pitchers will get exposed. But I mean, I have no qualms in saying this. I would not be surprised if we start next year and we make the Baltimore Orioles American League favorites going into the year. Wouldn't surprise me at all. If they if they if they can just they, get if they can add one one pitch. A big one. Yeah, a big one. But if they can add one dude, hey, go out and get Blake Snell as a free agent. Is that enough? Yeah, for that, I think so. I'm telling you, Gunnar Henderson. We've been saying that. Yeah, Gunnar Henderson's going to be winning MVP awards. Maybe next year. He's he is the real deal. Yeah. But you are right. Watching that last night, watching that game, thinking there's no doubt they're going to win. They yeah. just they even against the Astros, it had that feel to it. Yeah, like it they they every time you watch them now, it's like only a matter of time before they die for a ball, catch it, rob a homer, somebody does something that you're like, I, I you knew that's coming. It, it goes back to that series earlier this year. They played in Tampa. Where and it was the first game of the series, and Gunnar Henderson had a game, and you just and you just got the sense that they are they're just completely they're completely unimpressed with themselves. Like they just they they it, it's almost like they don't care. Like we're here, we're winning, keep it going. But they pitch enough, they make the plays they're supposed to make. They're they, so they, they get the timely hit right. They lead baseball with runners in scoring position yeah. on average. Like it's. Right, that's that's how you get away with the hazes of the world mm-hmm. being able to hit cleanup for the Orioles, right? With well, you could argue right now, best team in the American League, and because one through nine, right, they're going to battle, and somebody's going to get the big hit, and they're going to get enough big hits in games to beat other teams that are somewhat similar or just as good as they are. Yeah, I, look, I I maybe not making too much into the. You know, who's pitching game one and who's pitching game seven. I'm sure it'll end up working itself out. But boy, you you would think that if anything's gonna derail it. That would be it. And that, and that, that closer, right? It's working from the ninth inning, but it's backwards. Although the it only, makes it easier for that manager. I know Cano's been good, but he ain't Batista. No, although I, I, I think they can probably I think they could probably piece it together. It's just it's going to come down to the starter. They're going to need their starters to give them some length. And in one of in especially in a longer series, you're going to get you're going to need length from your starters. You just you, are. Would, you, would you be surprised if they were in the World Series? I wouldn't. I'm not anymore. I would be surprised. I I still. Watching Houston last night, I kept thinking, all Houston needs is if Christian Javier, if if that if 
If, if that light bulb has gone on, Kevin, they're really good. They are really, and yeah, there's no think break in that You've been lineup. saying that for a while, so have they. Their bullpen hasn't been, it's been rocky. Well, like there's been some bumps and, in that. And without having their Ryan, lineup's really good. Without having Ryan Stanek there, they're relying heavily on Brian Abreu, who's been pretty good for them. I wouldn't surprise me. No, I, if, would, it, would I be shocked if Baltimore won the AL? Nope. Would I have been maybe three weeks ago? Probably. But how do you... You look at the story. How do you how do you go against the story? How, how do you go against the story? Not having there? the best closer in baseball. I will ask you this. Okay, I will ask you this. <laughs> Better chance, and I know we're up against the clock here before we get to Morosi. Better chance of winning the AL, Tampa or Baltimore? I think Baltimore. I I, th- I think the way I think experience from the manager and the pitching staff for Tampa, I would give the nod to Tampa. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that time of the year, you can lean on experience. You know, the lights aren't going to be too bright. Like, again, I, I don't think the Orioles, the players that matter on that team, I don't think they care. Like, it's just changed. Like, you know, when I played, it would have been a big deal. Oh, young guys, yeah. how are they going to do it? They're going to need all these older guys who have been there. And done. The game's changed. Like, it yeah. just, no, it's, yeah. it's changed. It's not that it's not that way anymore because most of those young guys are making way much more money than the older guys are. So it's not, I mean, they are wired. Young guys are just wired Listen differently. Listen to them how they talk when they come on our show, right? Yeah. They're 20, 20-year-old. They're sound like they've been around forever. So, yeah, for me, I think it's Tampa, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was the Orioles. John Morosi of the MLB Network joins us next. We'll ask John Morosi that question. We'll ask him to rank. We'll give him a, a, a play a game. We'll give him a – we'll ask him to do a 16 playoff ranking of the American League teams. Six teams, one to six, who he thinks is a shot at winning the American League. John Morosi's next. We'll also talk about Tampa Bay getting their new did- stadium. Where do you think he'll rank the Jays in that one through six? We'll find out. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Blair and Barker. Mark Topkin, Shaidavidi, TJ Burton, program manager of amateur baseball with the Blue Jays ahead in our show. We've got Jays and Yankees tickets to give away. Uh, And, of course, tonight, first pitch at, uh, was it 710 at Yankee Stadium tonight? Uh, I guess I could find out. Barker's got the uh, sked here. Clark Schmidt on the mound for the Yankees, you say. 705. 705. That gives me two minutes less. And a 707 first pitch. How many 710s are there? I don't know. Kevin Gossman pitches game two against Michael King. Game three will be a good one. Not that these other two won't be good, but Jose Barrios against Garrett Cole, who Ooh. I would presume would be the front runner for the Yale Cy Young Award. Yep. Uh, 13 to 4 with a 2.81 ERA. Let's bring in our very good friend, John Morosi of the MLB Network. Hello, Mr. Morosi. 
Jeff and Kevin, good evening. Uh, don't you love it when it comes right down to the last couple weeks? You got the Jays and the Yankees in the Bronx. I love it. That, that is uh, that is baseball in autumn at its finest. It, it absolutely is. I'd rather have the Jays in first place by 17 <laughs> games, but I'll work with you. I on almost that. would rather not have Kevin Biggio hitting cleanup either. JP, if you want to know the truth about it. It's 12 games left, and we got dudes hitting cleanup that probably shouldn't be hitting cleanup. But uh, before we jump into that, Adam Wainwright got his 200th win last night. Should I think that's a big deal, 200 wins now? Because I think it is. Yes, Kevin, I, I, I do. It's just it's a different era. And when you look at the number of pitchers right now in Major League Baseball, maybe Verlander, depending on how many more years he goes, has, a, has an outside chance at it. But – the 300-win plateau is just one that we're probably not going to see much anymore. And, and Clayton Kershaw, we're seeing he's just trying to get to the finish line of this year, let alone hang around long enough to, to get to 300. So it's special for me, 200 wins. And honestly, I've got a lot to think about as a Hall of Fame voter. I know Jeff thinks about this a lot, too, about uh, who's in, who's out from a particular era. I, I'm a big Adam Wainwright guy. He's got a, a very – consequential career in my mind there was the the closing early on when you're someone who throws the last pitch of a world series um it, it pitches in multiple world series is with a historically significant team part of the the longest running mm-hmm. battery in the history of major league baseball mm-hmm. with the Javier molina wears one jersey for his entire major league career that's a lot of boxes to check and the really interesting thing guys for me and this is you know a bit a far a field of, of tonight's game in the bronx but you think about the number of, of really important players who are calling it quits this year we know cabrera for sure we know wainwright for sure so they'll enter the ballot at the same time we don't know about Votto. kershaw has taken it year to year there's a lot of really important players who are potentially moving out of the game, if not now, then pretty soon, and it's going to make for a, a really interesting ballot five years down the road. You used a great word to describe uh, Wainwright's career, and I think it's, it, it in, in some ways, for a lot of, I, I don't know how you would quantify it, but I think for a lot of voters, the word consequential matters. You, you have to have, it's not just the body of work, it's the weight of the work you did. Right. And, exactly. and, and I, you know, for that reason, yeah, I think, listen, I, I think at, and I do believe people, I think sub, I don't know if I'd say subconsciously, I think a lot of people do factor in, spend his career with one team. Like there, there are things like that. It's a great dude. You know, too. And, well, and I always look at it this way yeah. is one of the, the, one of the ways I look at it, and this is why I never get upset for the most part when the veterans committee puts somebody in, I go, does that person cheapen the hall? You know, we can argue about whether or not Harold Baines is a Hall of Famer. But does Harold Baines cheapen the hall? No. Hell no, he doesn't cheapen the hall. That's kind of the way I look at it. And I, and I think maybe when it comes to looking at dudes' careers, uh, John, it's that's just something you have to keep in the back of your mind. I, You know, yeah, it's great to make it a, a rare occasion, and, and I'm a big believer in a small ballot and all that. But if you don't cheapen the hall... I don't care how you get in. I'm happy for you. Exactly. And a couple of things that, that, I'll, that I'll reference, and I fully agree with the way you, you described that, Jeff. The way that I look at it, I look at my ballot, and I go back to ninth grade English class. If, if the teacher said, I want you to write a one-page summary, 
if I'm going to write a one-page summary of the era in which this player played, and it's one page for the whole era, how many times do I mention this player's name if I have to write one-page summary of the time from mm-hmm. 2000 till now? Yeah. And, and that's where Yadier Molina, for example, I don't have to look at his numbers. I was there. I saw it. I was in St. Louis on a lot of October nights, and number four was taking a whole lot of really important at-bats late in the game and succeeding a lot. And there were a lot of champagne celebrations in that ballpark, in that city that I witnessed. I'm sorry, there's a place in the game for numbers, but I don't need the numbers to tell me where Yadier belongs. And Wainwright is part of that same one-page summary for me. Mm -hmm. I'll give you another example of someone who belonged on the one-page summary of the year in which he pitched, Roy Halladay. Without a doubt. At the peak, obviously, the dominance that he had. And, and I mentioned Halliday here. Think about this for a moment. Roy Halliday's career numbers. 203 wins, 105 losses, a 3.38 ERA, and 2,100 strikeouts. Adam Wainwright, as of this moment, 200 wins, so three behind Doc. He's got more losses, 128. His ERA, higher, 3.53, but not by much. Nope. And he struck out more batters than Doc did. Yeah. So it's, they're closer than you think. And, and Wainwright has the added bonus of a lot of October nights, the last pitch of a World Series. I, the, the resume is there, just like it is for me with CC Sabathia. It's there. It's just a different standard now than we had 25 years ago. Yeah. So, John, before we, I, I want to uh, talk about the AL wild card race, obviously, but I also want to talk about the news today out of Tampa. Um, how close are we now, do you think, to having a serious discussion about expansion in baseball now that Tampa appears to have solved their issues? Oakland, we kind of think, has solved their issue. Do you think the timetable for expansion in baseball has changed at all in the past two months? Yeah, it's a great question, Jeff. I, I don't think it, is, it has changed as much as it has affirmed what some people in the league office have been projecting for a long time, which is by the end of this decade, we will likely be a 32-team sport. Mm-hmm. That's a long sweep of time. It's seven years from now, but really – it, it, it is a lot of time, but it's not that much time when it comes to launching new professional sports franchises. So probably not within the scope of this CBA, but I would say the next one. We'll probably have some real actual guardrails about what it's going to look like, uh, how, how the revenue ends up getting divided up, and all those steps down the line. Because I, I do think as much as – as the commissioner's office would love to have had, okay, new ballpark in Oakland by now, new ballpark in Tampa Bay already playing right now. The reality is they needed answers, and we are at least within range of answers. Today's announcement obviously hugely important for the future of baseball in St. Petersburg. That's a great sign. The Vegas piece reportedly is going to get voted on before the end of the calendar year. That's an answer. They need answers. And even the one that's been a little bit under the radar until last several weeks has been Milwaukee. Now Milwaukee, there, there's now uh, some procedures moving moving forward in the in the legislature. There, uh, does that get approved? You've got different parties holding the governor's mansion in Wisconsin that you do in the legislature. So there's the potential of maybe some disagreements there. So it, it is that is a situation worth watching. But I think all of it, Jeff and Kevin, in totality, we're going to have 
shovels and ground and answers by the time this CBA expires. And, and by that, I mean probably in the next couple of years, actual construction, ballparks, the, the heavy lifting will be done. And once that is in process, then to your point, you could expand to Nashville. You could look at Charlotte. You could look at potentially even going back to the Bay Area. I still, you know how I feel about Montreal. I still believe Montreal is a major league market I always have. Nothing really has changed there for me that would indicate that it's less of a possibility than it was in the past, at least structurally speaking. So I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are part of this next round of expansion. But I, I fully agree, Jeff and Kevin, that by the end of this decade, by 2030, we're going to be talking about a 32-team Major League Baseball, probably split into divisions of four, which make it better for scheduling mm-hmm. and a lot of logistics. I think you'll have eight divisions of four, and or four divisions of eight, depending on how you want to do it. But it's going to make for, I think, a much more standardized and much more balanced overall competitive product. All right, I'm going to give you an impossible job. Baltimore, Houston, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Seattle, Texas. Who wins the American League? Those are all right now teams that are in in playoff wildcard positions. Who who wins the American League and who do you think might be the 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 dark horse? Sure. So I, first of all, I've got to say Houston to win it until someone proves otherwise. They've just got too much October bona fides for me. But I, the premise of your question is spot on because it is as wide open as I can recall any postseason really on both sides with the one exception of Atlanta. Mm. I see the Atlanta Braves, and then I see everybody else. Yep. And, and I love the Dodgers, what they have done, all the injuries and, and, and issues that they've, they've had to deal with, and they're winning the division again. But I, I do think with Kershaw's questionability and other elements, the Dodgers are part of the pack. It's the Braves and it's everybody else. And the American League clearly has everybody else in the pack. You know, the, the team that I think is, is getting overlooked a lot in this conversation is Minnesota. Mm. They pitched a lot better than people realize. Sonny Gray, Pablo Lopez, Ober's going tomorrow. He's been pretty good. And all this history that they've had against the Yankees in the postseason, forget about it. Nobody on the team has really been part of that, with the exception of a couple guys who were on the team back in 2019. But the Yankees aren't in the playoffs this year. The, the, I don't think Pablo Lopez cares about what happened in Game 2 of the Division Series 19 years ago. It's all irrelevant. This team, I think, is much better than people realize. Uh, I think they've gotten good performances lately from Kepler. Royce Lewis has all of a sudden come up. Uh, Jorge Polanco's played really well. So I, as much as we focus on the East, I think the Twins are – they've got all the time in the world, guys, to set the rotation exactly as they want it. That's a dangerous team for me. I think, you know, and, and, and finally I'll say this. Seattle and Toronto, they're both going to have to play well to make it. They're going to be playing meaningful games right till the end. And I look at the Mariners and Jays as being somewhat similar in that, yes, there are some offensive shortcomings, but they both have really good rotations and, and good enough rotations to carry you through. So, in sum, Houston, until someone proves otherwise, beware of Minnesota. And as much as the Jays can frustrate you, they still, I think, would scare a lot of teams just because of how good their starting pitching is. Uh, yeah, to your point, the, the Twins, since the break, are have hit the third most home runs in baseball. And I didn't know this till I looked it up. The Twins have the most RBIs in September, JP. Like, they're not only pitching, and they not only have a number one, they're starting to hit the ball, too, which is... I'm with you now. It's very hard because not a lot of people pay attention to the Twins. But I, what's 
What's going on with the Rangers? I, that That is the confusing one. They looked like the best team in the American League when they were here. Then they left, and now they don't. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. Well, yes, yesterday, Kevin, the, the bullpen let them down. Uh, Will Smith had uh, a bad outing in the worst possible time. I, I think the overall picture with them is that they've never quite been the same since the All-Star break, which is when, uh, right around the time, Jonah Heim got hurt, uh, Nate Valdi got hurt, then Young, their really talented third baseman, he was on the IL for a long period of time. He just got back. And I think, Kevin, and you can relate to this uh, and speak from experience on what it's like in there, I think when you're on a team that's going great and then you hit the skids, and it's almost like you forgot how easy it looks and felt to win games. And all of a sudden, then it becomes really hard again. And it feels like the Rangers have not had an easy game since the middle of July. And now it's really wearing on them. They, they, to your point, they, they did have a bit of a laugher series against the Jays. I mean, that, that was really kind of an isolated moment. Mm-hmm. But they haven't won, to your point, since they left town. They had a really lopsided loss to Cleveland as soon as they left Toronto. And then they lost the game laughing that they probably should have won. Um, it's, it's tough. They've got the right manager, though, Bruce Bochy. I go back, you know, they, they had in 2010 in San Francisco, they almost let it get away. And then, and then they were able to finally win the division on the final day, and then they went out and won the World Series, ironically enough, in Texas. And I think Bruce Bochy is exactly the right guy. I think Gibbons was the same kind of manager just to do, who made the players feel comfortable. And I think Bruce Bochy has that way about him. And so if you're going to ride through a tough time, uh, he's exactly the manager that you want. You've got Semyon still. You've got Seager. Garcia just came back from the I.L. They've got all the talent right now. It's just a matter of can they get their momentum and feel back because they just have not had a lot of easy nights at the ballpark since the middle of July. John, uh, there's a little bit of breaking news here regarding Shohei Otani. This from his agent, Nez Baleo, and it's put out uh, through the uh, Los Angeles Angels. Shohei had his procedure this morning at Curland and Job Orthopedic Clinic in L.A. The final decision and type of procedure was made with a heavy emphasis in the big picture. Shohei wanted to make sure the direction taken gave him every opportunity to hit and pitch for many years to come. Said Neil Ella Trash. MD, who performed the procedure, quote, the ultimate plan after deliberation with Shohei was to repair the issue at hand and to reinforce the, health, reinforce the healthy ligament in place while adding viable tissue for the longevity of the elbow. I expect full recovery and he'll be ready to hit without any restrictions come opening day of 2024 and do both hit and pitch come 2025. Um, does that change... Do you think the off-season story around Shohei Otani? We have clarity now. He's not pitching next year, right? So it's this does provide some clarity. I think it, it makes it a little more straightforward in what's been a very complicated story. Here's here's what I think is really interesting. You could potentially look at his free agency in one of two ways. Uh, either if I'm Nesbolello. I say this, okay, we're gonna, you're going to pitch in 2025. We expect your 2025 season to look a lot like the first five months of 2023 in terms of your performance and mm-hmm. everything. So do you do the two-year deal, complete two-year deal that says, I want a two-year, $100 million deal. I want $50 million to $50 million. Year one's just going to be DHing and rehabbing, and year two is going to be doing both. 
and then re-enter the marketplace after 25. That's one way to do it. Or find what you believe is your long-term home and, and then basically say, I want a, a 10-year deal um, that, that sort of just has everything in it and maybe includes an opt-out. But just think about if, if – let's just say you're the Dodgers, for example, because they've been mentioned so much with, with Otani. If, if Nez says, listen, it's got to be 10 years, $500 million no matter what, but we want an opt-out after three innings – or after, after three years. Just think about how tough that would be for the club to assume all the risk, that you're guaranteeing someone half a billion dollars, and then your downside risk is that the, the elbow doesn't take like you hope. And, and you're all of a sudden locked up with a DH for the next 10 years. So it is, it is uh, yes, there is clarity, but it has provided clarity on what remains a relatively complicated mm-hmm. situation. And one that I think, Jeff and Kevin, we've, you know, we've all covered the offseason before. We've still never covered a story like this. It, 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 it is like three-dimensional chess and checkers combined, and it's going to be so interesting to see how different teams evaluate the risk, how they evaluate the, the upside of, of, of what he brings on the marketing side of things. I mean, there's just so many ways to look at this. I, I am, though, encouraged. I think all of us love to see him do both. We, this is what – it's been the best ticket in sports for a long time. I'm thrilled that it's coming back, we believe, in 2025, and he can still get to DH next year. So from a fan perspective, I love it. From a journalist perspective, uh, Jeff, it's going to take a long time for me with like a notepad and some ideas <laughs> to figure out how I'm going to strategically approach this offseason as a journalist. <laughs> John, really good of you to do this, my friend. Thanks yeah, so much. That's awesome. Thank you. My pleasure, guys. Enjoy this series coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun, and, and the, the American League remains anybody's race absolutely be well it's john morosi the mlb network um yeah so there you go that's the uh shohei otani story i I think i don't know if it changes where he's going to go but i think it might complicate the contractual or in some ways it might not it might not it it might clarify the contractual situation if you know you're getting a guy uh who's gonna you know is gonna play for you next year shohei otani still gonna sell you're gonna sell tickets to see shohei otani hit um i i my only question, Kevin, and why wasn't this? Why did this drag out as long as it did? That's a great question. I don't <laughs> think we'll maybe ever know the answer to that. I'd, I'd have to. If you're an owner who has tons of money, why would you give him ten years? Why? I wouldn't do that. No, I would. You would, make give, a, you would give him ten years. I'll make up in the first two years just on Holy. uniform I mean, sales and stuff like that. Uh, it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only. How about it? The one and only Marcus Boffo Esquire. <laughs> all right, guys. So game one there tonight. I gave you a big build up there, yeah, and you yeah, just come yeah, in with, yeah, all right, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it gave you a big build up. We're up against it. That's yeah, all. May, okay. maybe I can read the stats. Thanks. Yeah. Um, okay, so you say Kikuchi versus Clark Schmidt tonight in the Bronx. We're going to look at Mr. Kikuchi's strikeout Mr. total. Mr. Kikuchi. Over, under, five and a half Ks tonight against the Yankees. Will you say Kikuchi go over or under that number? Boy, I mean, we just rattled off how good the Yankees are in terms of number of pitches seen and bases and balls and everything. But I'm looking at you say Kikuchi. He's had okay success against the Yankees. Strikeout totals. Eight, yeah, three. Six, eight, three. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I, I'll take the over. I'll take the over here. I'll take the over Well, on his only start this year in April, April, he only had three Ks. 
Yeah, but that's he's a different pitcher now. Is then. he after the Colorado start? Look, the, the the Yankees just don't strike out against lefties. Strikeouts against Kansas City, three I, against Texas. I'm taking the under. Right. I, I understand six out of his last seven starts, he's went over the five and a half mark. But it's the Yankees, and right. and just the for whatever reason, the finish on the slide. If he had the good slider and the good elevated wow. fastball and the good finish to that, and wasn't forcing those things. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah. again, it makes it more fun if I say the opposite of what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, Mr. <laughs> Deep Dive himself. <laughs> I do that. And I get, oh, well, you don't take but it you seriously. Never, but you never do that. Oh, you never take it seriously. I take it seriously. I actually do work. And I then get, today <laughs> the answer is, well, because it's a lot more fun when I go opposite. What actually, I gave you stats. And that was between that. the lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, it appears as if they will finally have their new stadium. I still don't know if that answers the longstanding question about how the hell you get from Tampa to St. Pete in the middle of rush hour, but uh, you don't. <laughs> there you well, go. <laughs> You've been there in rush hour, do yeah. you? No, you don't. Maybe you could have like a water taxi or some, something <laughs> maybe, like that. Uh, Mark Topkin is the longtime Rays reporter with the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, he will join us to discuss the Rays stadium plans. Shy Davidi from the Bronx. All that ahead. And we got Jay's Yankees tickets. It's Blair and Barker. The pregame edition on Sportsnet 590. The fan. The Sportsnet radio network. Uh, and Sportsnet.